You're listening to the premier podcast for men who want to not only be better with women, but want to be better men in general. This is the Come On Man podcast. And here's your host, Paul Bauer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Come On Man. If you haven't done so already, please like, fave, subscribe, hit those notifications. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform of choice, like iTunes, give us a five-star review and actually take some time to write about why you like the podcast in the review. It helps more than you know. And if you are watching on YouTube, leave a comment. It could even just be, hey, Paul, I'm leaving a comment to help you with the algorithm. Something like that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Joining me this week is a was an interesting guest. Uh, his name is Blake Harris. He's a an attorney. He specializes in uh, offshore trusts, as well as estate planning and asset protection. So I've had uh, I've had an attorney on before, and uh, you know that that was a, a, a you go back and look right. But uh, my friend came on. He's a he's an attorney, and you know he talks about prenups, and you know just get a prenup. Uh, I kind of feel like he softballs some of my questions. And uh, I found out about Blake because Blake reached out to me on Instagram. And I started following Blake on TikTok. He has a pretty substantial following. And he starts talking about how you can protect your money with offshore trusts. So I went back to my my friend, Matt Sandifer, uh, my attorney friend, Matt Sandifer, and said, hey, man, how come you never told me about offshore trusts? He goes, well, you didn't ask. Kill me. Kill me, Matt. Anyway, this episode, we learn about protecting our assets with offshore trusts. And we talk about a few other things, including Blake's dating life. Um, I think I think he doesn't quite understand what red pill means. So when we start talking about red pill stuff, uh, just take that kind of that topic with a grain of salt in this episode, but otherwise it was a very good conversation. And I will bring you that right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, Hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier. Starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm not sure what you're doing tonight, but what I'm doing involves a bottle of Carvassier and a lady. Well, maybe not the Carvassier, but definitely a lady. If you're like me, you're tired of expensive, girly-smelling colognes from expensive department stores. You don't want to smell like a little bitch. You want to smell like a friggin' man. That's why I've partnered with Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon has a wide range of men's grooming products that actually smell manly as hell. My personal favorites are their Naval Supremacy Bar Soap and all of their awesome smelling colognes that women love. I have several of their colognes for different days of the week, but my Saturday night cologne is Grant because it gets the job done, if you know what I mean. Right now, if you visit duke.comeonmanpod.com, you get free shipping on orders over $25. Using duke.comeonmanpod.com tells them I sent you and you get free shipping. Win-win. Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. All right, joining me this week is a man with a substantial following on TikTok. 
His primary niche is talking about Cook Islands trusts, estate planning, asset protection, and other random stuff. As an attorney, which uh, can be super valuable information for some of you guys out there, his name is Blake Harris, owner of Blake Harris Law. What's going on, brother? Paul, good to be on the show. I've been following your TikToks for a while and uh, just being down here in South Beach, a little dating advice never hurts. And so I've become a big fan of yours and I was honored that you agreed to let me come on your show. So uh, looking forward to hopefully a fun, some fun time here. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a good episode. I, I did, did my homework last night and I went through our chat on Instagram to sort of come up with some talking points. I think, I think listeners are going to get a, um, get a lot of value out of this episode. So now we're going to get into Cook Island Trust in a little bit, but uh, the first time you reached out to me was on Instagram and you, uh, you asked if providing an Uber ride to the date is a simp move or a gentleman move. And uh, honestly, I, I hadn't ever, I hadn't seen any of your videos on TikTok and your, your Instagram account is just some, like there's, you don't have any following really on that one. Okay, so I, so I have my Blake Harris Law Instagram, which is the work one where I keep it a little bit more professional. And then I have my private one, which I use more for dating or fun. Yeah, okay, so yes. So, so, I mean, just to be transparent, like you reached out to me on that one and I was just, I just thought you were just, you know, a random guy that follows the videos and was asking a question. So I was like, oh, you know, this is my viewpoint on that. And then um, I saw on TikTok, you made, you made a video and you tagged me in it. And so I, I stitched it, but I didn't realize you had such a big following on TikTok at that time. I was like, Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. He's got like 250, almost 300,000 followers right now. Yep. Got on TikTok about a year ago and uh, TikTok blew me up pretty quickly. The, uh, my niche, there's not a lot of competition, competition. There's a lot of people dancing or whatever on TikTok, but um, I'm the only one who's really like pounding the offshore trust real hard. So I think the algorithm like someone with, with a new uh, with, a, with a new area and some information and presenting it in what I think can be a fun way. Sometimes sometimes the algorithm rewarded me for. So yeah, yeah, I've been on TikTok about about a year. It's brought me a lot of clients. I've gotten to be on a few podcasts and, and, and learn a lot from it as, as well. So it's been it's been a fun journey. Yeah, my my first. TikTok account got banned last year because it, it was, I, I had built it up, I think in, a, in about a four month period to about 30,000 followers. And then, uh, but I, a lot of my stuff was a, a little bit more edgier back then. And so I was getting a lot of like content violations. And uh, so <laughs> I, not, if you're not occasionally getting censored by big tech, you're not speaking the truth. So kudos right. to that. Which, uh, which it's, like I respect that uh, sort of concept, but at the same time, it's hard as hell to build a following on, yeah. uh, you know? And so like, so, so trying to rebuild myself, I've gotten back up to 20,000 followers. I'm still not quite where I was back in June. And then they keep changing the algorithm. So it, it, it's even harder now to get a, a following. Uh, it's harder now than it was a year ago. Mm, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's getting, it's getting harder where I, blew up real quick and then I slowed down for a while and then they started picking me up a little bit more again lately. So I don't know. I mean, just when I started TikTok, I said, um, I'm going to do this for two reasons. One, sure. I'd love to find some more clients, but also I think it's going to be a little bit of fun. And as long as I'm having fun doing it, 
I don't really care. I mean, sure, I want more followers, sure, I want more influence. Um, but as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, who cares if anyone's watching? Yeah. Well, I, I specifically signed up so that I could push people through the, to the podcast. So it's <laughs> it's all marketing for me. So if I get kicked off the platform, I'm like, damn it. Like this is my whole marketing strategy. So, <laughs> so going back to that TikTok video uh, on you know, whether it's a sit move to, you know, provide an Uber ride to your date, or if it's a gentleman move, I noticed that in the comments on your video, there were a lot of guys that thought that it was the gentlemanly thing to do. And I got, I got a chuckle out of that one. Is that the kind of reaction that you were expecting from people or, or what? uh, On my private Instagram account, I asked the question and the females overwhelmingly said, gentlemen um the the men i think were a little bit more on the on the on the simp, on the simp side um there's another uh, not to mention a competition but there's another uh male dating coach kind of type out there who stitched the video and said uh don't look at it like and i'm said don't look at it like having women delivered think about it having food delivered oh and on the and then on the same way, that same Uber can be used to take out the trash. Oh, yeah, um, that was Chuck. That was Chuck. That yeah, was Chuck. exactly. <laughs> and uh, from, from, from a humor perspective, I, I, I respect that. I mean, he's more the sugar daddy type, which isn't exactly uh, what I'm looking, isn't exactly my target market. But, uh, but, I, but, I, but I, like, I, like that, I like that perspective. Um, I generally agree with you. Um, you know, a, a person ought to be able to get themselves to the date. I definitely believe, you know, I'm, I'm general, I'm one to always pay for the, pay for the data, listen to pretty serious into the relation, into the relationship. But, you know, you shouldn't be out there paying for a woman's, uh, babysitter or paying for, you, you, I mean, it's fine to spend money on, uh, spend money on a date, but appropriately so, mm-hmm. um, but that being said, like uh, I live in South Beach, downtown Miami is 25 minutes away where a lot of the women I go on dates with and Uber's gotten crazy expensive and it can take them $60 to get here and then $60 to get to get back. And I understand them being hesitant about spending $120 just to just just to meet up. And I should preface that with assuming that it is a first date and you met online. If it's a woman who I who feels safe with me already, sure, I'd be delighted to pick them up and show off that I know how to drive a car or have a car or whatever. Um, but uh, for, a, for, a, for a first date, if they can uh, get them there themselves, I kind of respect that. Um, and it, it, but if they, if they need an Uber ride, I don't know, I think uh, sometimes doing it is, is acceptable. Yeah, I mean, I sort of look at it like, uh... It, 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 it sort of comes across like uh, like bribes for sex sometimes, right? Like a lot of women look at it that way. It, it, it's like a covert contract, which is like a lot of nice nice guys do that, right? They're like, oh, I'm I'm paying for for this fantastic meal and I'm buying you flowers on this first date. Like I should get something from that. And a lot of women look at that like they see through it, right? And they, right. they go, I I don't owe you shit, you know. So. I feel like if women are, are looking at it that way from the get-go, then you shouldn't offer that stuff up from the get-go. You know what I mean? Totally. Totally. If, if a woman asks for it, I don't like it. But if I offer it or I feel it's appropriate to offer it, then I don't, then I don't mind it. Or, but, but yeah, if, if it's demanded for, from, from me, then, you know, I'm not real excited, excited about that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's talk about your business a little bit. Uh, before we get into some of the other fun stuff that we, we could talk about, 
So you're the owner of uh, Blake Harris Law in Miami. Um, you specialize in asset protection, estate planning, probate, and crypto. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that, about your practice in general? Very good. So um, I appreciate you doing a little, a little bit of homework beforehand. So uh, we're a trust law firm. So we set up structures to help our clients protect their protect their assets. And really the sweet spot for me is doing the international trust uh, most, most of the time in the Cook Islands. And the beauty of the Cook Islands Trust is it is more protective than any other structure out there available for protecting your assets from lawsuits, from divorce, from creditor, from creditor claims. It is not a tool for dodging or evading taxes. That's a very, very common uh, issue that I have to that I have to explain. It's not about uh, avoiding paying the IRS, but it can be a great tool in avoiding paying lawsuits. And it is very effective at protecting liquid funds, so cash, stock, cryptocurrency. You put inside of a Cook Island trust. If a lawsuit comes your way, your assets are your assets are protected. Generally, it takes it takes about having about a million dollars liquid for it really to be worthwhile. Um, in certain cases, if there's a strong enough threat, maybe having a few hundred thousand dollars, it, it it'll make sense. Got it. Okay, so I I have a, a family attorney friend uh, who's been on the show occasionally, and w- when I ask him if there are ways to to hide assets or or protect them in a divorce, I feel like he usually softballs his his responses to that. And, and he usually defaults to, well, men just need to get a prenup. And, and so I always laugh at that because I have so many other friends that like, like Chuck, Chuck, Chuck and I are actually friends. So, uh, um, you know, Chuck has been married a couple of times and, you know, he's like, you know, I've had prenups and they get thrown out. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like why, how is it that, um, you made a video on this on, on, on TikTok, which I was just like, this is fascinating as hell, but why are, are specifically like, you know, offshore or, or Cook's Island, Cook Islands trusts like so important in, in that regard, as far as protecting, uh, your assets in a divorce. So I'm going to step, step back and give a little bit more perspective before I get into the Cook Islands trust. Okay. My philosophy on a prenup is it's, Great idea, especially if you have children from a previous relationship, uh, you want to account for what goes to your spouse, what goes to your children in the event of divorce or in the event of death. Most people want to leave something to their spouse, but they don't want their spouse to take everything and then leave it to the, to the, to the, new, to the new children. Um, I think prenups can be helpful for uh, getting both people their mind to, to meet. Um, if you don't have a prenup after you get married, you can, you can, sign, you can sign a post-nup. I'm also one who is a little bit of a romantic and say, and say, you know, if you actually feel like you need a prenup, maybe you just need a girlfriend. Maybe you shouldn't be getting married at all. Um, a prenup, though, can be disregarded. And as Chuck and as, as other many have probably spoken to, to have, can tell you, uh, prenups are easy for judges to, dis, to disregard. Whereas a Cook Islands trust is beyond the reach of the U.S. court system. The person controlling your money is in the Cook Islands and by law, they are not allowed to honor the court orders of any other country. So somebody could get a $10 million judgment against you, Paul, but when it comes time for them to collect it, they're not going to be able to. The money, the trustee is based in the Cook Islands, and then typically we'll have the client open up a Swiss bank account, or if it's crypto, just assign the crypto, crypto to the trust, and they would have to go to the Cook Islands, prove that it was done impro- improperly, which it's very, it's 
getting anything done in the Cook Islands is ex extremely hard. There are no, no contingency fees. You have to hire a local Cook Islands attorney. You have to post a bond about $100,000. And if somebody's suing you and they do get a $10 million judgment against you and you have a million dollars in a Swiss bank account that's owned by a Cook Islands tr trustee, they're going to probably talk settlement and they'll probably be willing to walk away for $10,000 or $100,000 as opposed to trying to pound, pound sand. And these have been time, time tested. The Cook Islands Trust has been around just about as long as I've been I've, I've been alive over thir over thirty years. Um, the IRS has tried to get into Cook Islands Trust unsuccessfully. The world's strongest creditor. It's extremely extremely hard to hard to get into Cook Islands Trust, and it's much more effective than a prenup or a domestic trust or an LLC or a bunch of other asset protection strategies out there that are being pushed. Yeah, yeah. I think in your video you said that, like, let's say. Uh alimony, right? Like you're, you're told that you have to pay your wife or, or, or settlement amount or whatever. And uh, you said, well, in order to comply with US law, I will direct my client to request that money be brought back on shore or something, right? And so the, then the client can go to the Cook Islands Trust and say, okay, I need to bring my money back on shore. And they'll say, uh, is this a part of a U.S. court order? And then if you say, yes, it is, they will say, well, we can't comply with that, right? It's, <laughs> so that's um, the magic of it, right? Because your, your, your uh, client is complying with U.S. law, so that it's, but their hands are tied. Exactly. So we will always have our clients answer any question asked by the court, honestly. And number two, comply with any U.S. court order. So uh, you have the Cook Islands Trust set up, if you want money just in your regular day-to-day -day life, you request it from the cook from the trustee, they'll wire you wire you $25,000 or $100,000, or they'll pay the money directly to your children's school, or they'll pay your credit card bill. You just live off you just live off your credit card, they'll pay pay your bill each month. Somebody gets a judgment against you, they're going to discover the trust. This concept of hiding assets is is not a real thing. You can protect your assets, but you can't hide them because a court can always ask you to complete a financial affidavit. And if you don't honestly report an, ass, an asset, and that's how you end up in jail. So you report that you have that you have the trust. The court may order you to request a order you to request a distribution, and just as you said, you're going to comply with the court order. Trustee, send me hundred thousand dollars. They would then telephone the client, telephone the attorney, and say, "Was this made under court order?" And you'll have to and you'll honestly answer, "Yes, it was." The trustee would deny the request. Otherwise, pretty much any time you request money from the trustee, you'll be able to get it. Got it. Okay, so you can't hide assets, but you can protect assets. I think that's a. I think that's a important distinction because yeah, that's what my my attorney friend uh, Matt uh, Sandifer. That's what he says too. He's like he's like you can't hide it. Like I'm going to find out that you have it, but Correct. whether they can get that money out is another story because this is protected. Exactly. I mean, you can you can take. Cash and put it into a mason jar and bury it in the backyard and hide it. But if you're asked about it, you're going to have to disclose it or risk getting in trouble. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you mentioned that all this stuff sort of uh, protects liquid assets. So that's how it works with cryptocurrency as well. Because cryptocurrency seems to be all the rage these days. No, cryptocurrency, very, very easy to assign, to assign to your trust. And then, uh, and, and then it, and then it'll be protected. And we've done that for a few clients as well. Got it. Okay. Do they just, do they have like a, 
do they have like a, a hardware wallets and stuff? So you just, you know, you buy your money on, on uh, Coinbase and just send it to that wallet. And is that how that lots, works? lots of different options in, in that, in that, in that regard. Um, in some cases, if the threat is not imminent, the trustee can even turn around and hire our client to be the custodian of their crypto. Um, if the threat is too, too close, then the trustee or will even have one of the Swiss banks hold all the crypto in a hardware and a cold storage wallet. Got it. Okay. Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, so you also have an office in Denver. I think we, we talked about that off, offline a little bit. That's a little bit closer to my neck of the woods. How, how often do you make it back out to Colorado? So um, I'm originally from Florida, undergraduate in law school at the University of Florida Gators, and then moved out to Colorado, where I spent about 10 years in the Denver, in the Denver area. It was just about a year ago that I moved to that I moved to South Beach. The uh, the, the the COVID um, it allowed me to uh, kind of keep my current clients and still and still service them while starting to build the practice down here down here as well. But for Cook Islands Trust, we work with clients nationwide, so it really doesn't it really doesn't make any, any difference there. Uh, how often do I how often do I make it back to Denver? Um, few days a month. Um, however, during the winter time, that's a little bit less often. And during the summertime, it's a little bit more often. I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida, and I, I like the warm weather. Plus, I've got all of my family up in North Florida as, as well. So it's uh, it, this is my preferred place. But I love Denver. I've got, I've got a few good friends there. I've, I've got my office and most of my team still works out of the, out of the Denver office, um, like, the, like, like the mountains. But uh, spending the majority of my time nowadays here in South Florida. Got it. Okay. So you work, you work with clients um, all over the country. So you don't have to have like your, you don't have to have like your, uh, uh, was it your bar certification in every state or do you have your certification in every state? So I'm licensed in both Florida and Colorado. Okay. And for uh, matters that my firm handles some probate matters after somebody passes away, filing the paperwork to receive your parents' money or fight over your parents' money, um, uh, my firm will do in Florida and in Colorado. For the simple basic estate planning, we'll do Florida in Colorado. But for Cook Islands Trust, that's based on international law. So I can do that for clients worldwide. Got it. Okay. Uh, interesting. Um, now, in our, in our chat on Instagram, you mentioned that you were divorced four years ago. Uh, now, without getting into too many details about that, did, did you have assets in the Cook Islands Trust and did did that help you? <laughs> um, uh, uh, our the uh, the marriage ended four years ago very very amicably, amicably um, and uh, no, I'm I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm I was I was at the time not I I, I did not have that and and fortunately would not have uh, it would not have made much much of a difference because we were able to reach a very happy settlement without either was even hiring attorneys. There was no fighting over assets. I mean, there was a few discussions, but we reached something that uh, that was able to allow us to avoid needing to spend a bunch of money on attorneys and, and, fight, and fight, over, fight over anything. Um, and the same thing with the child custody, we were able to just reach an agreement without without going through, through attorneys. So um, whether it's your spouse or soon to be former, former spouse or family members in, in general, having uh, good relationships with those who you share money with is very, very valuable. I mean, that's even more valuable than a Cook Islands trust. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who was it that said, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson said 
if you're going to like be getting married to someone, you, you should be getting married to someone that you can negotiate with. Um, <laughs> which I was like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you should, however, and, and you would think that you, you can, right. I mean, cause, uh, cause I've been married and divorced and the person that you're getting married to is not the same person that you're divorcing mo- most often. Right. So like when you're getting married, you guys are like, you know, rose colored glasses, you know, Twitter painted in love. But when, uh, when the divorce happens, man, that's when the knives come out, you know, <laughs> a lot of times. And that's it's unfortunate. Not my situation, but a friend of mine repeated the line, you never meet a woman until you meet her in court. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say that's, I mean, my, and I would say, um, you know, my, my divorce, I feel like went smoother than most. Uh, but periodically she'll take me back to court to try to get a little, little bit extra child support out of me. Just, you know, it's really more uh, of a nuisance than anything else. But, uh, but otherwise, like if you take money to the side, like just, you know, getting the child custody stuff and, you know, working that out, like was not that hard. She was more, she's more concerned about money. Yeah, that that happens. (laughs) Um, so you told me that at one point you hired a, uh, $10,000 female matchmaker. What was that experience? Like, was that right after your divorce? No, no, it was, you know, I, um, so I'm, I'm going to come up with the name of Mary. I'm not going to say her name, but let's say Mary was the matchmaker. Um, I was referred to Mary by a good friend and acquaintance, a friend who I, who I trust, um, he didn't use her for matchmaking. He used her for some consulting. I spoke with her shortly after my divorce. And she said to me, uh, Blake, you're not in a position that I'm comfortable introducing you to anyone. And I uh, agree. Uh, two months after my seven-year divorce, I really was not ready to start to start dating. A few years pass. I, I work on my business. I, I, get, I get in better health. I just get in better mental state in so many ways. I work out some other family issues that I that I need that I need to work through. And I contacted her about a year ago. And um, at the time, TikTok was blowing up. My business was super was super busy. And um, I could I could find dates through the dating apps or just approaching women. But the dating apps take a lot of time. And I figured play to my strengths. I could uh, be doing work for clients as opposed to swiping through swiping through so many people. And then also not having to deal with showing up to dates where the girls don't look like their photos or there's some other issue that was, would, would not make it work and filtering out bad dates and filtering out what, what, bad, bad, bad use, use of time. Um, but it was, it was not a good experience. Um, uh, it was not a good experience because um, I was being introduced to women who I did not find attractive. Uh, I, I, I make great efforts, a very big part of my life to stay very healthy and stay very, and stay very, and stay very active. Um, I go to the farmer's market every week. I cook, I cook frequently. I do a couple hours of stretching and swimming every, every, every single morning. And then to be continually presented with matches of women who don't take care of their health. Um, and I think that's a, a nice way of, 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 of communicating it. Um, was uh, was 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 kind of terrible. Um, after after about five months of just not being interested in, and then I was and I was being presented with uh, pictures without uh, pictures of, of a face. Anybody who's been on a dating app for a few months is going to tell you 
if you only see the face picture, you don't want to see the body. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, so, so finally there was one who was the right look, for, look, look for me and not a good match. She, she was probably an alcoholic. I'm not much of a drinker myself, but I could say other negative things about this one day, but I, but I don't need to dig in, dig into too much. Um, and, uh, and after, after a while I finally said, Hey, it's not working out. Um, can I, uh, can, can we terminate the contract? And basically I was told, yes, we're terminating the con con contract, but you're basically not going to get any money back. And, uh, I assume, and I didn't, and I didn't want to, the way the contract read, it was kind of vague. If I turned down three matches, that counted as one of the dates. I was supposed to be guaranteed six dates. I got one out of, I got one out of the deal. Um, and, uh, it was, it was supposed to save me time. It was a lot of time, like hearing about these dates. And then, uh, and it was very intrusive, which like I really opened up to this person because, you know, you're finding me a, a relationship. And I feel like I just shared a lot of information with, 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 with someone. And then um, also when you get set up on the date, I kind of feel like it made me even seem, and I know myself, I'm a little bit of, I'm, I'm a nerd, I'm a cool nerd, but it made me seem even nerdier that I'd have to pay to go on a date, to, to go on a date with, 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 with someone. Um, would I, would I ever do it again? Maybe, I mean, and, and maybe a few years, give some, you know, I, I want that to pass and, and, and really be behind me, give me some time to, some time to process it. But if I ever hired another matchmaker, it would be a, it would be a man because I had trouble being, authentic with her about how I felt about some of the women. And I kind of was sugarcoating some things. And if I was talking to a guy, I could just be more myself. And it's going to be a man in a relationship, in a long-term relationship with a very beautiful woman. Show me that he can, show me that he can actually surround himself with, with, with beautiful women. Mary herself was a person who I would not say was in good, in good health. And she was introducing me or trying to set me up with all the women, not, not in good health as, as well. But they, so, those women, they probably had really nice personalities though, man. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, the whole thing is, I will say it's not just about the look, but there's a minimum requirement. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I get it. Yeah, no, for sure. So you think, uh, your money would have been better spent with a, a male matchmaker or even a, a male dating coach, you think? Paul, my money would have been better spent at a strip club. My money would have been better <laughs> better spent walking along South Beach, just throwing it up, throwing it up, up, up in the air, bur 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 burning it. I could, I could go on and on with with lists of things that it, it would be better. It would have been better spent investing in my business. It would have been better spent just uh, taking a trip and taking some cool pictures for, for my for my dating for my date for my dating. So, so so many so many different ways. I forgot what you said. Would have been better spent with a man, or or maybe or maybe a very beautiful woman who attracts people of similar similar energy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they say they they do say that you shouldn't ask uh, a fish how to catch fish. You know? Yeah, I I heard that from you after uh, well after I hired the matchmaker, right around the time that me and the matchmaker were breaking up, and uh, um, so you know it's it's something that honestly I was. Uh, a little embarrassed by, um, but it's something that, but, but I own my mistakes and, 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 and you learn from them. And, um, you know, it kind of, and it, and it taught me a few, taught me a few lessons. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was not, it was not a great experience. Yeah. Um, and, and, and 
have much trouble finding women to go on dates with. I mean, I can, I can get one or more date per week with a beautiful woman. Um, it's, it's nice being in South Beach. And as I've mentioned, I cold approach women all the time on the streets and on, and on the beach. Um, but I wanted a woman who I knew was um, not into uh, cigarettes or vaping or cocaine usage or excessive drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted a woman who was okay with me uh, having kids and okay with me uh, needing to focus on work a bit and okay with me consuming pot sometimes. Um, and if you could, and if I could find the find a beautiful woman who was, I was okay with her bag and she was okay with my baggage. That would pay a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars to go up to go on dates. Um, but it was, uh, but that's not what the experience was. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, sometimes yeah, you just need an experience like that just to to learn from it. You know, and there's nothing wrong with with that. I would say it's kind of like an itch I an itch I had, and I scratched it. And I can say, well, you know, at least I at least I tried it. And, yeah. uh, and, 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 uh, you know, 36 right now, we'll see, um, you know, we'll, uh, something I may reconsider. I'm still uh, on the market in my forties. Got it. Yeah. Um, now in your, uh, your messages on Instagram, you said you're, you're not blue pill, but you're more of a take two red pills and snort the third kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> and the line of my days of snorting things are behind me, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a metaphor anyway, but uh, so a lot of us in the space uh, were blue pill at one point, you know, I think, you know, with our society, the way it is, I think most of us are raised with a blue pill mindset when it comes to relationships and love and and stuff like that. But, um, and, and like the, the concept of the red pill is like, you know, you're waking up to reality, right? So what, what red pilled you? What, 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 what red pilled me? Um, I mean, I, uh, the first thing that kind of comes to, comes to my mind is, uh, I had a, uh, pretty brutal upbringing and it really taught me to sort through the bullshit very well and focus on and learn what not to focus my attention on and really to focus my attention, really value the things that are, are important. Um, and through life, I've made bold decisions. I, married at a very young, young, young age. I didn't, I wasn't really, um, how, how old, how old do you, when you got married? So I, I was 25, but I was also right out of law school. So I had gone college law school. I'd never really been an independent man on, on my own. Maybe I graduated high school and had seven years of working on my own before marriage, but I'd, I was right out of law, law, law school and through college and law school, I was a party boy putting, uh, then there was, Plenty going up my nose, plenty of whiskey going down my going down my throat every night, and um, kind of and started dating a woman who's a few years older older than me, and very good, very responsible, very beautiful. Um, but God sent her to me, or the universe sent her her, her to me, very much to, to to calm me down. And along with that, my two children were delivered as well to make sure that I don't go over the to to, to go to go over the deep in. And as the children got older and got out of diapers, I really realized that um, I made a, I made a big mistake or, or would seem like a big mistake marrying somebody who you didn't want to spend, spend forever with. And um, it was a tough decision to pull out of a marriage and to, uh, 
and to and to know that you're not going to have your, have your kids there as as much as much as you do. I mean, the kids are beautiful, wonderful, healthy. I, I could not possibly ask for 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 better children. Um, but um, it but 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 I but I, I knew I, I knew I needed to do it, and uh, I just kind of took the red pill and uh, and, I, and asked for the divorce about four years ago. Um, and so uh, with, with that. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm certainly thankful I did it. I don't regret it. Um, children, their mother, they're all in a great, in a, in a great position right now. I'm not going to go too much into, into detail in that. And then, um, the next, and in the next couple of years, the first year out was, 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 was rough. I, um, I, I was in a position where I, I was in a place where I really didn't have too many friends. I had a lot of time to kind of reflect on myself. Um, I started hitting the gym. I've always been uh, thin, but I finally started building building muscle. And with that, kind of came a mentality to ch change. And with that, I really had time to focus and grow my business. Um, I uh, got back. I started. I started dating, um, but I never slipped back into the uh, destructive party days that were my, that, that were Blake back in, that were Blake back in law school. And then, um, and then with that, I just kind of have. And having my own business, I think, and this may be, I think this is common of business owners, you have this liberty to kind of say whatever the fuck you want to say. I'm not worried that uh, I'm going to say something that's going to offend somebody or piss somebody off. The people who are in my life are there because I want them in my life. And my close circle, friends, family, um, uh, my employees, they all know who I am and how I feel about everything. And sure, they don't agree with me on they don't agree with me on everything. But um, but I'm totally myself around all the people I keep around. And with that, it kind of creates this mentality where I'm continuing to be more and more that way. And when I meet somebody new, um, it turns off a lot of people. And that's great. Fuck them. I'd rather find out early in the relationship that they're not supposed to be around than than, than, than later in the relationship. But it turns a lot of people on. A lot of uh, guys, a lot of women are attracted to that energy where you're comfortable putting yourself out there and not really uh, care if, if somebody likes likes what you have to say. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the bachelor life as an attorney in Miami. I mean, there's so many hot women in Miami. And I imagine you do pretty well then as, as like a wealthy attorney that owns his own firm. Well, 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 I'll I'll let the crowd assume wealthy. I'm not going to uh, to, 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 to to dig it to dig into that. But that's all subjective anyway, right? That that's that's all that's all subjective anyways. And as I tell my clients, uh, don't flash don't flash your wealth. So so it, it depends who's who's asking on, on that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I was um, after the divorce. I spent about three years out in Denver, Colorado, then moved to South Beach a year ago, and in the first three months of being in South Beach, I went out with more beautiful women than I did in the entire three, three years and three years in, in Denver. Um, so yes, lots of, lots of beautiful women. I have been out with lots of 10,000 plus followers on Instagram, which doesn't necessarily equate to beauty, but there's some, probably some correlation, some correlation there. Um, and uh, I mean, models for, former former models and uh, it's been uh, it's been a ton of fun um i'm also a, a very authentic person and some of the model mindset does not really click real well with my 
authentic nerdy personality. So haven't haven't had any real serious relationship since I've since I've been here. Whereas when I was in Denver for a few years, there were a couple of medium term medium term girlfriends. Um, but uh, lots of lots of beautiful w w women around here. And one of the things that I got myself to do, I started doing this in Denver when um, I really didn't know many people people at all. It's just cold cold approaching. And um, I, I don't know if you talk if you talk about this if you talk about this much, but it's something that I uh, got that I went online and there's a YouTuber Cody Strong. His channel is Angry Picnic, and he does um, he does a lot of approaching women mm -hmm. and. Um, and I, and I watched hours of his videos and then I started, and then I started doing it and like anything, you get better at it over, over time. At first I was pretty clunky about it and I admittedly made a handful of women uncomfortable as the time has gone on. It has become what I consider to be a superpower, something that I've always dreamed of the ability to see a beautiful woman and just go talk to them right, right then on the spot. Um, and if the situation is appropriate, I will almost always do it. Um, my, uh, my, you know, the question I get asked often is, what is your opening line? And mm -hmm. as an attorney, the answer is, well, it depends on the situation. But the most common opening line that I will, off that I will use is simply, hello. I'll, I'll see a girl, I'll walk up next to them, and I'll just say, hello. And you're going to get one of two reactions. Either they're going to look at you and smile and say, hello. And then I'll continue the conversation from there, or they'll kind of like look away, or they'll say hi real quick and, and look down. If they're not interested, no, no harm. Um, mm -hmm. If they are interested, or, or 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 sometimes you comment, "Nice shoes. Where'd you get that bag?" Um, uh, once, and then I get to the point pretty quickly, and I just say, "Are you single?" Or can I get your phone number? And sometimes I'll even have fun with it, and I'll just if a girl is kind of like walking towards me, you have to you have to stop them and just say, "Hey." Um, can I get directions? I'm trying to figure out how to, and you got to really own it and you know really believe in it. Be your boyfriend, or get your <laughs> um, and uh, it's I would say what it's a pretty good rate that I have right now, where it's maybe 40% of women will give me their either their phone number or or, or their Instagram, of which maybe 10% of those will actually meet up for meet up for coffee or a drink another another time, um, but. The the ones who don't usually their line is um, usually usually their line is uh, I have a boyfriend to which the gentleman response is well all the beautiful ones are taken and uh, it makes the girls and it makes the girls feel good and it makes you feel good that you cleared all doubt that your soulmate you can just let walk that you can just let walk by and it's something that I would encourage every single guy to do and you don't have to be the best looking and the smartest and the I mean, the best looking guy to do it, simply having the confidence to do it um, is a turn on, is a turn on for me. I did it a few days ago to a, another very beautiful woman I saw, saw on the beach. She was with her friend. And when somebody's with their friend, my line is usually, I just want to tell both of you, you two are both very beautiful. Introduce myself. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Megan. But Megan, you're just my type. Um, so when they're with a friend, you, you want to acknowledge and, and, be, and, be kind, and be kind to the friend as, as well. But um, it's it's something that uh, I've, I've been doing for a few years. And the more I do it, the easier it becomes. The more I have, I have, I have, I have fun with it. And the more that I just like, and when I don't do it, I have this regret of I should have, I should have done. Now, of course, you want to make sure the situation is appropriate. You don't do it if they're out with somebody else. I don't, 
you, you don't want to do it necessarily at night if it's if it's not an easily escapable situation. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a very helpful tool in meeting uh, in, in, in meeting women. I have gotten dates and maybe some more fun from it than than, than that. I've met a couple of friends that that way as well. Two of my closest female friends I met just with the, just with approaching them. Um, so it's and it's great to be surrounded by beautiful women, whether they're you're dating them or or your or your their friends. I'm not opposed to being friends with beautiful women. I, I don't know if you're anti friends with women, but I, I seem to think it's it's beneficial. Yeah, my personal I, I used to be like uh, you know the, what's the benefit of having uh, female friends, but uh, I had a couple of dating coach friends of mine say, well, you know, honestly, if you have uh, good female friends, uh, they can make really great wingmen. And, uh, it also gives you a little bit of extra social proof when you're going out, picking up chicks at the bar. So I'm like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, maybe introduce you to introduce you to their friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, and they'll give you advice as well. Whether you should be taking advice from a fish is, is, is something, something different. Um, I mean, and they're not costing you, they're not costing you anything or nothing, nothing, nothing significant. Um, and, and, uh, and when I, date other girls, I mentioned that I have female friends. I mean, I mentioned I have guy friends as well, but I mentioned I have a couple female friends as well. And uh, it, it does make them a little bit more attentive, a little bit more, oh, he's got other other options. And, you know, yeah. I'm not, I don't play, I'm not big into playing games. I'm not intentionally messing, messing with their heads, but it does get people to, uh, it does get women to like, oh, I, I, I need to, yeah. It gets the hamster wheel running. You don't really have to play a lot of games. You just need to be big <laughs> and let them run the game on themselves. You know. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I don't want to play the game, but but if the game game goes on in someone else's mind, that's not my fault. Right. Exactly. Let me ask you a question about cold approach. Um, a lot of guys are deathly afraid of approaching women in public because of the whole Me Too situation. They're like, oh, women don't don't want to be approached anymore. And, and I think that's nonsense. I like a lot of women are begging to be approached. They, you know, it's just all, it, it's all about how you do it, you know, cause some guys come across as super creepy and it's like, yeah, bro, like maybe work on your <laughs> work on how you're doing it, but it's, 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 it's how you do it. I mean, I mean, make sure that you're in the, in the mental mindset, make sure that you look nice. You don't need to look fancy, but don't look like trash. Um, and yeah, a lot of men are, uh, have, have become, have, have become giant pussies. Um, that, I don't know if I can say this on, on YouTube. Uh, oh yeah. But, 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 yeah, but yeah, there's been a total feminist, feminine thing of, 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 of men, which makes it all that much better for the men who are willing to, men who are willing, willing to do it. Um, and that, and, and that's, that's another, that's another thing. Swallow, swallow your pride. I mean, I, I told you about the, the brutal childhood and I got picked on plenty growing up to the point that people can say shit to me and it does not upset me. I can get rejected time after time and it does not, it does not bother me. Um, the adversity that I went through, I'm very thankful for, but if you're, if you're a single, if you're a single guy, go out there and, uh, and I mean, Watch some videos on it. Read some. Read some. Read some books on it. If it makes if it makes you feel feel better, there was that book, The Game, from years ago that talk that talks about approaching women. 
Um, but uh, go and do it and screw up a few times. But you're going to get yourself over the fear of being of being rejected. And yes, you are going to get you are going to get rejected some sometimes. But you're going to hit goal sometimes, and that's going to be the hit that keeps you that keeps you going. Um, and uh, I mean, just think, and it also makes for a much better story long run if you can say. Where did you meet? I saw her walking down the street and I just couldn't help but go up and say hello. Then opposed to, I was too afraid. I was sitting at home with a bottle of lube and a dating app. <laughs> bottle of lube and a dating app. Um, I don't have too many other questions for you. Let me ask you, uh, where can people find you online? Well, uh, gl- gl- glad you asked. Uh, Blake Harris Law, TikTok. Blake Harris Law, Instagram. Uh, Blake Harris Law on Twitter. If you are interested in talking um, talking bu- t- talking business, BlakeHarrisLaw.com. Uh, my phone number is 833-ASK-BLAKE. And um, if uh, you have any questions about protecting your money, um, I'm more than I'm more, I'm more than happy to happy to chat. We always do a free free consultation to to start the process. And um, yeah, so. Uh, so TikTok is, is kind of my main main platform. If you just want to chat it up about anything else, um, uh, DM on 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 Instagram is great. All right, sounds good. Well, I really appreciate it, Blake. Keep in contact, man, and um, thanks for joining me today. Hey, this was fun, Paul. You have a great one. All right, you too. Take care. Bye, Blake. Thanks for taking the time to join me today. Your story was fascinating. Thanks for teaching us about offshore trusts, uh, Cook Island trusts. Um, I mean, I think for the average guy who doesn't have millions of dollars worth of assets, clearly it's not worth it (laughs) to go through all that trouble to try to hide your assets from your ex-wife. Really, and I, I will die on this hill, just don't get married. There's no benefit for men to get married anymore. And, you, and if you don't get married, you don't have to worry about hiding your assets in fucking Cook Island's trusts. <laughs> Come on, guys. Keep things simple. I, I know. I know. Society tells us we need to get married. You know what? Society can eat a bag of dicks because uh, it's not worth it. Not if you're a man. Sorry, guys. Just have good, solid relationships. Get you know, have long-term, uh, long-term relationships with women, but don't, don't get the state involved in your, in your, your love life. It's just a, it's just a recipe for disaster. And you have to hire expensive attorneys to protect your shit. Just don't do it. (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Blake guys. We will see you next week. This has been the come on man podcast. New full episodes served hot every Monday morning on your favorite podcast platform of choice. So subscribe now. Follow Paul on social media. The links are in the description. Now, go out and get it.